0: This episode of Outside the Rack is brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of the leading tool to measure barbell performance, the Gym Aware. There is obviously a reason that the man who wrote the book on velocity-based training, Dr. Brian Mann, calls the Gym Aware the Rolls Royce when it comes to velocity-based training measuring devices. And that's because it ticks a lot of boxes when it comes to being able to measure and monitor your athletes that you get to work with. Working in velocity-based training at this time, of course, this is the tool to use. You're going to be able to take the guesswork out and have target zones set for your athletes so they're ready to roll. Power and strength analysis, yep, tick that box as well. Power drives the fastest sprints and breaks the hardest tackles, and you'll be able to make sure you're in the right zones with each lift when using the gym aware. So hop on over to kinetic.com.au today to learn what Evan and the team have in store for you with the GymAware. Being a practitioner in the world of sport performance is a challenging situation. We're in a spot where you're always asked to search for more. But more what? What are the questions that most practitioners in the world of high performance are asking? Well, where can I find cutting-edge information? Where can I find different opinions and different ways of doing things and different feedback that I can get on the training that we're utilizing? And where's a place where I could find like-minded individuals to give me solid advice when it comes to my career development? This is precisely why we built the Strength Coach Network. Within the Strength Coach Network, you're going to get exclusive content monthly from some of the top practitioners in the world, bringing you the most cutting-edge information. You tie that in with a forum where you're able to connect with coaches around the world to bounce ideas off of, to learn from, and to get career advice from, and you've got your sensational one-stop shop for all things career development for strength and conditioning coaches. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com CVASPS, that's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash C-V-A-S-P-S, and get your first month at half price. I really look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the pilot episode of Outside the Rack, brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of gym Awareness. In this show, what we're going to try to do is dive a little deeper into some of the minds of the top practitioners in the world of sport performance to learn a little bit more about who they actually are and how they got to where they are today. Uh, To lead off the show, I thought it would be a good idea to lead by example and share some of these myself. Uh, Because if I plan on asking others to be open about these things, I should probably do so myself, right? So the first question we're going to ask is, you know, before we start, who, who is the coach that we're talking with? So who is Jay DeMeo? Uh, Jay DeMeo's is a strength and conditioning coach, a guy who's trying to find answers, a guy who's trying to get better and a guy who really cares about the development of the vocation that we're part of. Someone who thinks that there are different ways that we can give back. And I think that we should all be trying to drive the profession forward and trying to make coaches better. Um, and that's really where I've decided to put my efforts when I'm outside the weight room and off the court or off the deck or wherever working with my athletes is to try to find the best way possible to find ways to share information and to get people to connect and share their information. Um, some would say I'm a glutton for a punishment with all of these projects that we put out and put together uh, but I wouldn't change it for the world. I think that it's really important and I really enjoy it and you know the feedback that we get from most people is pretty good. So I'm excited to add another project to it to be able to learn more about other coaches and to make myself a better coach and to hopefully help other people become better coaches as well and to you know open more conversations about different avenues and realms that of this world that we live in. Uh, okay, so then the next question is to describe a learning situation that brought about an epiphany in your career. Um, for me, I've got three big ones. I mean, three, three really, really big ones, and I'm not even going to touch upon the one where th- that really drove Cvasp so I'm going to talk about three that are all coaching and development oriented. The first big epiphany was when I met Yosef, um, and learning how open-minded. You really do need to be, as a practitioner. Um, when he first brought this whole idea of one by twenty to me, <laughs> um, I would need to put an explicit logo at the bottom of this uh, this podcast in order for you to to actually hear what went through my head. But swallowing my pride and saying, you know, what the heck, I've got four guys that two of which, three of which, excuse me, weren't going to play, and another one that. Was going to get limited minutes, so why not give it a chance? You know, why not see what happens? Because what's the worst thing that's going to happen, right? You know, it's I'm just going to be frustrated with what we see, and, and we're just going to walk away from it and leave it alone and go back to what we were doing. Um, luckily for me, that's not what happened. Um, we we ended out seeing really good results, and that opened my eyes and my ears to what he was talking about. And the people that he references, you know, with Doc and Natalia and and, and that sort of thing. And it's led me down the, the path of being able to connect with some really sensational practitioners that that can see the forest through the trees with what they're teaching. They being Doc and Natalia and Dr. Yesis. Um, excuse me, Yosef, Doc and Natalia. Um, and it's... Neither of any, any of them are teaching the same thing, but they're all talking in similar languages down similar types of directions. Um, so it's been cool. That really has opened my eyes to a lot of things. So contrary to what people will say, uh, the minimal effective dose is a real thing, and it does work, and it's not a fear thing. Um, but we can talk about that another day. Uh, the second, I would talk by some of my younger kids that I get to work with at Nova Aquatics that nothing matters until they care and and until they really want to put the effort in. Um, I've been lucky to be able to work with a young man who won a gold medal Uh, but when he was younger he wasn't he wasn't really all that dialed in and he wasn't really a workhorse and he wasn't really uh, committed let's say to dry land in the weight room and one day he and another one of the guys on the team I think 95% busting my balls, uh, came up to me. And it was actually New Year's Day. And I want to say it was New Year's Day, their sophomore, it was sophomore and junior, freshman and sophomore year, you know, their New Year's resolution was to really be dialed in. And, and I believe the exact quote was try at weights, um, which is funny, right? You figure if you're going to show up on the weights, you're going to at least try, right? But you know, they kind of went through the motions and Um, this young man then goes through really half a year of training, goes out, crushes his next meet, sets national age group records and comes back and is like, "Ah, maybe I should have tried out this weight stuff earlier. But really what that does is it goes to show that no matter what your program is and no matter how you're teaching or what you're doing or how you're building, if they don't care, you're not going to get what you want out of them. And you're not going to be able to make them care. Like there's just going to be some people that are only going to do the bare minimum. And you got to deal with that. And you've got to let them grow up and decide when they're ready to commit, commit. And be dialed in a little more and a little more and a little more until they're completely bought into what the whole system is and their entire you know, secondary training or supportive training, you know, with nutrition and sleep and everything else tied in. Um, That was a huge lesson for me because, you know, they were good. They were fast. They were the fastest kids in their age level in the state of Virginia. Um, But now they're some of the fastest kids, not just in the country, but in the world. So them deciding that it was their time to commit was worth way more than me sitting there and yelling and screaming and being upset when they were kind of being like a C minus with their effort. So letting them figure out when it's their time to really dial it in. And when they do just continue to help mold them and move them forward and build things with them was a huge lesson for me because you're never going to be able to make right? You know, if you lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink, right? And that's the whole idea. It's like bring him in and just keep nurturing them, and keep trying to build them, And eventually when they do start to see more and want to be dialed in more, that's when they'll see the results because it comes down to them caring more than you caring. Because if they don't care as much as you do, fighting them to care as much as you do is just a a, a battle you'll never win. And the last thing, the last epiphany was we had a really sensational monitoring program here, and I really thought we did. Um, but then one day it all fell apart. We had athletes that um, they didn't want to be part of it. Now, I believe wholeheartedly that they didn't want to be part of it because they didn't want to get up for breakfast. Um, and that could be the case, or they could have really actually hated it. But we saw significantly better results when we were utilizing the program Uh, the monitoring program, that is, than than we did without it. Um, But at the end of the day, your monitoring program has to be based on communication and driving forward whatever you can in a positive manner with with each individual athlete. You can't base your monitoring program on being a dictator and plug and playing and pulling and pushing and telling them when they can, can't, or should or shouldn't. It's finding out a few things. Okay, There's a few questions that need to be asked first. The first question is, what do you need to work on as an athlete? Like, Is your recovery your limiting factor? Is your nutrition your limiting factor? Um, have you had overtraining issues in the past that we need to keep an eye on? Things of that nature, right? And then you build upon that. And you find out where are their like their musts, where are their things that they just won't bend on at all, right? For example, if you have a basketball player who's been told his whole life that you're not big enough, you're not strong enough, you're not fast enough, you're not good enough, and they've become a workhorse, telling them that you can't practice today is probably the wrong way to go, right? And I think that this is one thing that I didn't do well is we were just plugging and playing the lift without communicating as well as we should have with the athletes we were working with. And this is something that I've seen when we do implement things like this and we show and we talk about why and what and how we're building and we give them input and feedback on it. Right. Like if your questionnaire is telling you you should do less today or your readiness or whatever your metrics were at practice are telling you today should be a day you should do less. But the kid's like, no, I really need to go today. Be like, okay, you need to talk to them about and you know, all of those things. But at the end of the day, why are you going to fight that? You've given them the information. You're talking to them about the information. You're building this relationship and showing them what could be good, bad, or indifferent today or how you could help them be better at practice, and if we'd make a couple changes to lift. And if they say, I need to lift because I've had a bad day and I need to blow off steam, then why are you gonna get in their way? So watching that monitoring system kind of fall apart has taught me a lot about how to be better when it comes to you know, the managing aspect of that and how you can build that and be better with your athletes in that situation. So that leads to question two. And question two is, you know, if you could ask one question and you know you would get the answer, what would that be and why? And I think that I'm just going to keep this in the training aspect, and that would be how can I keep you involved? And I think you can ask that to anybody and everybody involved in the department, whether it be your administrator or it be your director, or if you're the director, your assistants or your athletes or your sport coaches. What can you do to keep them involved, right? What we know now, well, we don't know, but what we have a pretty good understanding of is people now, the more you can get them involved in a process, the better off that the process is going to be. So how can you keep the athletes involved, you know? Is it a guy or a girl who you just need to dictate the training to? Or are there a person who's going to want some form of input or at least feedback on everything they're doing? is it a coach that wants specific metrics? Is it a coach that wants to know specific things on the daily, weekly, monthly, whatever it may be? How can you keep them involved in the process? Because the more people you can keep involved in the process, the better that the process is going to move forward, right? The more you're going to move together as a unit, the more you're going to move together as a group, both you, the athlete, and the entire team around them. And this is just going to drive better results. So That question would be, in my opinion right now, what I would want to ask every athlete and every person I work with and every person I'm around is how can I keep you involved? Or maybe even how can I get you more involved? But keeping involved once they are involved is the important part because it's easy just to answer a question once or twice and then run away, right? But you keep them involved and you keep them in the middle. Now all of a sudden we're cooking with grease. Then the last question that we ask, or that I'll ask on the show is, what's your escape? And I think that this is important because I think that coaches need to hear from other people about how they recharge, how they learn to exhale a bit, right? Because we're so used to flipping hats and changing what we are and how we're acting that all too often we get stuck, right? Now, obviously, I may not be the greatest example of being able to shut things off with these other projects but I really do enjoy them so I don't look at them as being turned on right like the coaching side it's a different turned on and I think that it helps but when I really turn it off it's typically on Sunday morning um Sunday morning when I sit out back and I have some coffee and I turn the sprinkler on and I just listen and relax and breathe um If I have a long time and I've gotten ahead on some work, sometimes I'll even be a little Joe Rogan podcast or um, revisionist history or something completely out of the realm of training athletes Um, just to let go, just to relax, just to breathe. And then daily I try to take um, at least a 20-minute walk with the dog where I leave my phone somewhere else and we just go and, and walk this loop. And exhale and just breathe and just be in a moment where, for all intents and purposes, I'm just zoned out and moving away and letting things go for a second so that I can just be out of there and understand that there are things going on, but I don't need to deal with it right this second. I just need to go walk with with the pup let the mind go a little bit, maybe even turn it off um, and, and go from there. Because I think that we are stuck in a lot of situations where we don't allow that to happen and we don't allow our minds to get away. And I think that at times that sets us up for some, some trying ends and conclusions to you know to seasons to weeks to years because we've never turned it off, and then it's a hard time really turning it back on because you haven't let it go. So, being able at some point during the day just to turn it off is, has really been helpful for me. And, and, like I said first, you know, that Sunday just reboot, sitting outside, drinking some coffee, and listening to the sprinkler go. I don't know what it is, I don't know why it is, I don't know how it is, but I'll tell you this I don't care. Um, it just, that's my thing. And it's worked, I guess, um, to help me kind of recharge a bit, come down a bit and and be a bit better because it's, it's kept me lined up and it's kept me being able to come back and refocus and, and get a lot of work done as we move forward. So that's the, uh, the conclusion. That's the three questions on top of the introduction. So You know, I hope that you guys are able to take something from this. I hope you guys are able to learn a little from this. And I hope you guys are excited. Um, As Outside the Rack progresses, we'll have some new guests, some repeat guests, some people that have, you know, become mainstays here with CVASP. So I hope that you guys enjoy it. I hope you take something from it. And just like with everything, guys, if you do, please share it, pass it along, and would love to hear your feedback as always. So, Appreciate everything you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. And we will be back next week with another Outside the Rack. See you then, guys.